Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Wise Men Say preview show. We're here to look at the game between Sunderland and Stoke City at the Stadium of Light. I am Richard Easterbrook. I'm not joined by Matt today. Matt is not here. He's fine. He's just not here. Um, but I am joined by Jimmy Ray. Hello, Jimmy. You all right? Good evening. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good stuff. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Matt is fine. He's, he's absolutely fine. He's otherwise, he's in the, he's otherwise engaged. <laughs> he's a very busy man and he's got a lot on. So it's another fun week in the life of supporting Sunderland AFC. Uh, Friday night saw us lose, uh, as you all know, lose one nil to uh, to Hull City, and uh, yeah, the mood on on Wearside has been, to put it quite lightly, it's been a bit grim, isn't it? Yeah, it's not been great. Um, understandably so as well. Really, I mean, <laughs> obviously the the performance on on Friday night was was pretty poor. Um, I mean, it's, it says something when Rosinha comes out and says that was their worst performance of the calendar year so far, and they still won. Um, I mean, what that says about us if that was their worst performance? Because I mean, they weren't very, they weren't particularly good, but certainly a little bit more than us. Um, and it just compa- it just seems things just seem to be compounding on one on top of the other at the minute, don't they? It's uh, yeah, the old phrase "it never rains but it pours." I guess is is pretty true for Sunderland at the minute. Um, obviously, there's issues with obviously with the last. And- what have you, um, into the bargain. Yeah. So, yeah, quite a bit. The last few days, we've, Sorry, we've you seen go, quite an just... increase. In... <laughs> no, no, I was, I was just about to refer to the, the social media side of things and um, the uh, the bail-out campaign, which just got the pace and it's still kind of cracking on. Um, yeah. I say it's a campaign, it's just it's just a... It's the a social hashtag. media thing. It has. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's kind of made its way to. It's made its way to to Michael Beale himself, and he's uh, he's kind of dismissed everything as a, as including fans' kind of legitimate concerns about the team as noise, which is yeah, be a helpful thing to do. Um, well, exactly. That kind I mean, of goes it's... to show that it is. It's so far gone, isn't it? With with a lot of fans that they just can't. They're just not going to give him credit for anything now. No, it's, I mean, it's remarkable I mean, in, that, in, that we're in not in exactly fairness now. to him, but in mitigation, I would say it's not exactly an easy question for him to answer, is it? I mean, it's you know, he's it's not a lot he can say that's no, going to make no. it any better, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, going some, showing some sort of contrition in terms of trying to understand where people are coming from would be a start, which he certainly doesn't appear to be to be doing. Um, and I think it's. You know, it kind of follows a the theme of a lot of his post-match interviews, um, which seem fairly 
clear that he wants to try and distance himself from anything negative or bad that, that's happened. It's it's kind of like he doesn't want to take responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as was kind of discussed on Monday, on the one hand, you can kind of understand that given he's not been here very long. But obviously, at the same time, he is the manager. He did take the job and things have got, in my opinion, um, visibly sort of worse on the pitch under his management in terms of like both, I know you discussed this last week in terms of the stats, but also even just the eye test as well. I think we visibly looked on Friday night slower off the ball, less intense. There was certainly less intensity going forwards, less, you know, fewer patterns of play. It it, it all seemed more disjointed, more laboured. And I can only think that that's instructional because those players certainly weren't playing like that under previous, either under Dodds or Mowbray, before him, um, yeah, we had bad performances yeah. under Mowbray, but I would say it was never a case of the sort of slow, ponderous lack of ideas build up um, and sort of lack of off the ball intensity for, for for long periods. Obviously, that happened at times, but tend to be isolated like a bad ten minutes here or there in which we may concede. Um, whereas on Friday, there's like the whole game really was like that, wasn't it? There was very little um, that you could really be excited yeah. about from someone's perspective and. And then for, for for the manager to kind of say, I don't know, if, I feel like he does need to try and take more responsibility, in my opinion, anyway, for, for that, even if it is early. Yeah, I mean, there's diplomatic ways to, to put it, as you say, just start off with a little bit of contrition. You know, the fans are the major revenue drivers for the club at the moment. You know, such a, such a day comes when they, when, they, when they get promoted into the, into the Premier League, that'll stop being the case. Um, yeah. But that's you know that's that's fine. But at the moment, where the I hate I hate to say we pay your wages because it's it's a lot more complicated than that. But we are not filled with in terms of first of all taking that support for granted, mm. um, but kind of second of all, then going on to hold that support almost in contempt. Um, yeah. Just to say, or oh, on the on a good day, you can be our eleventh, you can be our twelfth man. But, yeah. Don't be too nasty about us because we're young players. It's like there's well, that's it. It's like you've got to and, if and you're don't, gonna, if you're gonna... don't just assume. Don't just assume that we're not. We haven't given a lot of these young players a chance. We have. Like, we've... Well, yeah, and we continue to do, and we will continue to do. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I remember saying similar things about Lee Johnson at times where he took a similar line. It was almost like, well, he can't really expect uh, the good side of the support if he can't handle. Not the bad side in terms of us being bad, but in terms of the negative side when things aren't working on yeah. the pitch. Like, we're not going to only praise and then if things go badly, not do anything. I mean, you know, if you, like you say, if you're going to, if you're going to um, say that the fan base, you know, the support can be the 12th man, then, then obviously if things aren't going well, you have to take it on the chin that supporters are going to say when they're not happy as well, because that, that is, you know, part of football. We're not the only fan base that does that. Certainly, no, I'd say we're probably more patient with, a lot of aspects of, of on-pitch and off-pitch things than other fan bases have been, uh, especially given yeah, what's happened yeah, in recent years. Um, and it's certainly not something to be taken for granted. It, it, for me, it's kind of, and again, just talking about it, other previous recent managers, Parkinson would be another example. It kind of reminds me of the type of manager who is used to managing under smaller smaller fan bases in maybe you know less expectant, certainly not in terms of numbers or where they want to be. So, for example, if you look at, um, you know, um, Mick Beale, obviously, um, QPR, probably maybe more his his size of, no offence to QPR particularly, but I mean, I'd say, but maybe more his size of of club in terms of expectation and, and, and you know, sheer numbers, whereas mm. at Rangers, he struggled with the expectation 
Um, and it started off a bit like this and it kind of carried on being like this till he got sacked and feels like it's kind of similar things happening with us. Um, and you don't want to start off on the wrong foot with fans, especially when, you know, you, you're coming in to follow a manager who was popular. Mowbray was very good at being the diplomat in terms of like, he would criticise, you know, off the, off pitch things to an extent, but he was always, you know, he always felt like his press conferences, his post-match interviews were fair in the main and, and also, he certainly never, you know, took on the fan base, if you like. He didn't, he wasn't always the most effusive in praise for support either, but that's okay. I mean, he, you know, he, I think he almost took it for granted. Like, you know, he knew he was managing Sunderland. He recognised the support at times, but he, he he didn't sort of go out of his way to to praise us, only to then, you know, turn around and complain when things went bad either. I think, he, you know, and that, that probably came from his experience, you know, obviously hundreds of games managed. Um, versus Beale and his lack of. Uh, not to say that experience is everything, because there are managers in the league who've managed less games than McBeal have, who are doing better with their clubs than what he's doing with us. So it's just hard to yeah. point out what the what the big issue is, because there's probably more than one of them with him. But yeah, um, sorry for going on a bit. I haven't actually I've been on a pod since since you know he sort of he's been in situ. So <laughs> okay. I sort of get get quite just a bit out getting there. it all out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a few weeks. Just having so, a brain dump of um, and, and there, of um, things that you were going to say. People like to say I'm, I'm, I'm positive, but um, I can't be can't just lie and say things are good when they're not. Can I? Because I'm not. Uh, uh, know, I think very few for, would very few would be positive about you know the the run that we've had. You know we haven't. We haven't won a game since since the Preston game. Um, yeah. Beal's Beal's record isn't isn't great. Um, you know, it's, it's played six, one, two, drew one, lost three in the league. Um, so it's just just about over one point a game. It's like mid table um, best form. That really isn't it. Well, like... I was about to say that's that's not going to move the needle, is it? And I think a lot of the the frustration. Is is that we seem to have kind of abandoned this season? Um, and, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, we sit on the precipice of of being able to get into the playoffs, but you look at the the numbers behind that; it's not that's it's not more due to previous good work earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. More than, I mean, the only caveat to that would be obviously the the, the wins under Dodds against West Brom and Leeds, which are two of the best performances of of the season, in my opinion. Which obviously. Happened without without Mowbray, but I I, I felt to what Beals added to any of that. In fact, like I, I said it before, to kind of touch on it again, it feels like we've visibly got worse under him. It, it seems to be intentional because we seem to play. Like I said, I don't know why the players would voluntarily start playing at a much slower, less intense, more rigid pace when surely they know their best football and the, the way they play best is the way they have done when it's been. You know, kind of a bit more death or glory, a bit more all-out attack, a bit more last-ditch defence. But that, suit, that suited us. I mean, look at, you know, <clears throat> the last-ditch defending at West Brom away last season and to go down the end and score that goal through Sirkin. I mean, that that kind of typified the way we, you know, the way we played and what we did best. Um, and it kind of yeah. bridged the gap between quality, if you like, because we we maybe made up for a lack of experience um, and maybe, na- you know, big name quality with the technical ability combined with the fearlessness of youth. And the willing yeah. the collective, whereas I feel like we play less of a, less as a team now. It's more like give the ball to Clark and hope that he does something, which we never really did under Mowbray, to be honest. Uh, I know Clark's numbers this season were better anyway, but I feel like for, for the majority of the season, that was just him having a good season. Whereas now it feels like he's 
kind of a bit like what it was like with McGeady under Parkinson and sorry not yeah. Parkinson, under Johnson, where it was like, um, well, if all else fails, just give it to him. And yes, sometimes it'll work, but you need more than that because obviously every every player will have sorry every team will have a player who scores more goals than anybody else. That's normal. Um, but what isn't normal is maybe to have such a gulf in numbers like you know the start. I think it was Matt who mentioned that. Uh, no one other than Clark scored in a, in a way goal for us uh, in God knows how long now, and yeah, it yeah. just seems that like there's more to it than that. It was never really like that last year because we had you know because although Stuart scored, I mean because we played most most of the team that was Stuart last year. Really, it was you know players that Ahmad Roberts Clark, but we were never a one man team really. No, um, and, no. I, I looked at the the goal scoring stats a, a couple of weeks ago. I think when Clark was on. I think it was on 11 or 12. Um, and you see the drop-off from from Clark to the next nearest goal scorer is, is quite vast. Yeah. Last season, you had Ahmad scoring, probably, I think he was top scorer with mm-hmm. 13 maybe. Yeah. But there was no, the, you know, Stewart was the next top scorer after that with 10 and it was, everyone had, had weighed in. You know, yeah, the Sims got a few earlier the then, you know, uh, Roberts got a few, even Gellart, to be fair, by the end of the season, I think he got four or five and obviously we had goals from midfield. I think, you know, Dan Neal scored a couple and uh, yeah, even do I think Sirkin got four or five as well. So I think, you know, the goals were shared around a fair bit more than the season. I mean, it's not so much of a problem at home. We have had, obviously, Job, Job scored some good goals at home and you know, scored a fair few from corners yeah. through Ballard and stuff. So it seems to be more away, and obviously this game coming games at home. So I won't focus too much on the on the away form. But I think just yeah. as a general point in terms of like how things are maybe different now to what they were, and not in a good way, it does serve sort of a point to mention um, that really I think we need more ideas um, in terms of being more creative with with personnel, um, and and also maybe just being a bit more sort of. Loyal. I mean, the way he sort of dropped Rusin after Rusin scored against Preston, and then obviously we played against Newcastle, but that's not really a fair judgment of him. Then he gets dropped, and then obviously after no. digging out Oshish after the Ipswich game, I feel like he's not maybe as loyal to his players as what uh, he wants loyalty from the fans. If you like, I think it's almost a bit like yeah. he, he 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 seems to be quite adept at finding somebody else to blame, be it the fan base or be it individual players or whatever, um, and. It's kind of quite transparent, isn't it? And it's also quite quite mm. early for that to be happening. It seems like he's quite worried, which then worries me because I think, well, if you're worried this early, then it's not a good sign from your manager, is it? Really? No, and it, but it does it does maybe perhaps explain a few things that there might be a bit of fear coming over in the training ground, which is transmitting quite quickly to the players, yeah. um, and maybe you know maybe Bale's been given. Pretty strict, pretty, pretty stringent targets on on what the club are expecting from from the from the team this season, and he's already feeling that pressure to, to deliver oh, he's the certainly result. Feeling the pressure, you can tell. I mean, mm. you know, his press is there. His no, matches, it's obvious he's feeling it. There's been no kind of bedding in period, and he came in at a, you know, I'm, and I'm not defending him here by any stretch, but he did come in at a time where there's going to be quick fire games. You know, we came in for for the for the Coventry game three days later. We had Boxing Day against against Hull, Rotherham, Preston, Newcastle game. So he had up until you know two weeks ago, he had a pretty pretty big run of fixtures. Um, and he's not he, in it by his own admission hasn't had much time in the training ground. But now I think that kind of it's it's almost got worse. 
the well, longer yeah, he's had I mean, on the training ground. I guess, I guess like, tiredness, it's quite, tiredness, quite yeah. incredible. I mean, you'd like to think he wouldn't want us to play like deliberately worse than, <laughs> than, than how we have done previously. But um, the only other factor I could think to, that may explain some of that would be tiredness. Obviously, um, I guess you'd like to think things will improve. Now he has more of like a week between games or, or at most one, you know, one midweek game every few weeks. So maybe things will improve, but the issue is it, he's not even saying that. Like he's not, you know, if, if he was to come out and maybe be a bit more honest and and say maybe you know it has been a lot, and and rather than trying to blame other people, maybe maybe just be a bit more circumspect and and maybe give us a bit more realism as well and say you know it's it is hard and, and stuff. I mean, I, you know, it's it, it's can't be easy to be a manager and give give interviews and press conferences when things aren't going well. It, you know, it's not certainly not a job I envy in that respect, but. Other managers seem to be able to manage to do it, and, and when you combine that with the way things have gone from at other jobs, it, it, it is kind of hard to take his side. And nobody wants the, the manager to fail. It's just obviously it's hard to see where things are going to get better from at this point in time. But you could certainly start by getting us three points on Saturday, I think, because um, he certainly needs them, and we certainly need them, you know, as a as a club as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're not right. We're now in the, the, the realms of, you know, performance, perhaps not important, result very much important. I'd just say to get so, back yeah. on that, that right track. Um, out, outside of the uh, outside of the football side, the uh, Red and White Army have, have, um, have, have published the, the meeting minutes with um, with Kirill Louis-Dreyfus and Steve Davison and uh, Christian Speakman and also David Bruce, the meeting that was held uh, last week. So the, min- the minutes have come out. Just before we started recording, so um, we're gonna digest them. Not not tonight. They're not going to be done tonight. Like no chance. Any agree that at all? So so once they do, once they do come out, we'll, we'll put on either the future pod or on, on the website itself. Um, we're gonna look now at the Stoke City game. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll come back after that with the. Uh, with all your news ahead of Sunderland v Stoke. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. On Saturday, Sunderland host Stoke City at the Stadium of Light, our second home game in a row as we look to get back to winning ways. Um, both managers have been appointed within within 24 hours of each other. Uh, Stephen Schumacher, of course, coming from uh, from Plymouth. Um, 
to to join Stoke uh, the day after we appointed Michael Beale. Um, both records not not too dissimilar. Both have two wins under the belt. Um, Stoke have three draws and have lost one, so they have nine points from their last the last six. Whereas Michael Beale's record is there, uh, as as you well know, it's uh, played six, one, two, lost three, and he's drawn one, giving him seven points. Um, both Stoke and Sunderland went out in the th- third round to a Premier League opposition with Stoke City losing to uh, to Brighton 4-2, I think the score was. Yep. So it's it's um, it's not the first time Schumacher will have come up against a Sunderland side having, having led Plymouth to a 2-0 win down at home park. And it's uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup for, for for kind of two two young managers with 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 a, a, a reputation behind them for, for two different reasons. Yeah, I mean Schumacher was uh, was somebody who I would have you know quite happily you know seen us maybe take a look at as a as a mm. potential replacement. Obviously, Stoke bought him out of his contract at Plymouth, which is something obviously we weren't prepared to do with any manager, which is probably why um, you know we didn't really explore that option. But yeah, it's it's funny that you say he's had similar results so far to, to Beale because I think the atmosphere around Stoke with him in charge is different. I think they were very much ready mm-hmm. for Alex Neil to go. Um, so he's come in replacing a manager who wasn't particularly popular and like obviously Beale with us. Um, and I think he... He's, he's uh, from what I've seen anyway, uh, maybe not necessarily based on results, but I think performances have improved under him um, for the most part. Uh, I think he's obviously trying to get them playing a bit more attacking, a bit a bit more maybe similar to the way that, that we used to play under Mowbray in terms of like, you know, he's, I think, he, yeah. you know, he's trying to get them to to be more, score more goals and, and, and what have you. And, and it's worked sometimes, hasn't worked others, but. I think uh, his uh, his first couple of you know months, month and a half, whatever in charge has been different to, to Beals uh, quite a lot of ways. Um, obviously, he did he did mastermind a, a good win for Plymouth against us earlier in the season. Interestingly, the guy who got their assists in that game, Luke Cundall, has since signed for Stoke, so he's going to be someone who put, comes up against us again, having been good against us earlier in the season. So that's going to be interesting too. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be quite a tough game. Um, obviously, the return of the Gooch as well is going to be interesting in terms of whether he's going to. Presumably, he'll play. He seems to play quite a lot for Stoke, and mm-hmm. he's obviously, as we know, a good player for the level um, in terms of you know versatility, work rate, and stuff. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm cautious about this one. I think uh, it's it's our, our record against Stoke recently hasn't been great either in general. So obviously, remember last season's debacle. Well, yes, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. With best, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't want to remember that one at all. Um, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm same as you, Jim. I'm, I'm, I am concerned. I think it kind of speaks to a lot of the 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 concern around the club. In that, you know, you look a lot of fans look forward to going to a match, and you should look forward to going to a match, considering mm. you you pay quite a bit for it. Yeah, takes, I mean, I'm going. You know, I'm, it's, I'm, it's your entire day, especially it's for my you. Weekend, to be fair, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm tying it in with Simon and Dad anyway, so it's not too bad. But yeah, it's uh, and I, I normally do look forward to. It. I mean, I'm look, I'm still looking forward to it insofar as like you know, I, I'd never go into a match thinking, oh, we're not, you know, nothing's going to happen. But uh, it is certainly harder to get excited about games, I'd say, recently than it has been for quite a while for me, um, probably since maybe. The dark days of Johnson, although to be fair, we did have some good runs under Johnson as well. I'd say it's more something to Parkinson mm, in terms of yeah. general vibe. 
around the place. Uh, obviously, it's a higher level and stuff, but it's quite quite impressive that Beale's managed to to make it feel a bit like Parky in League One in the space yeah. of what, like six to eight weeks or whatever. Yeah, it's quite the transformation. Yeah, <laughs> compared to compared to Stoke, I mean, and it is it's a question of perception, you know. It like, is, yeah, because on Stoke, paper, Stoker, it's not that much difference in the manager's no, starts, but but I think two yeah. points better off. But what Schumacher did when he came in, he instantly changed the shape. Yeah, um, and he preferred having a four three three when he was at, at Plymouth, and he's gone straight into that with Stoke, and he's fit fit those players into his into his system. Um, Gooch was a little bit of a victim of that. He hasn't played that much under Schumacher. Um, he was very, very, very much an Alex Neal signing, wasn't he? I think mm. maybe he'll, um, he might. I mean, the good thing with Gooch is he's versatile, though, isn't he? So he, he may get That's game it. time, but like you say, uh, he's probably not. If they're playing a four-three-three, going to be first choice in any position in that system. I can't think. No, but they've moved. I think they've moved their right back to left back. I think was one of the things that they did. And Gooch under Alex Neil was playing was playing left back. Um, so I think he he did play on Boxing Day um, in their victory on that day, and I think he scored as well. So yeah, he's, he did. Yeah, he did. He's he is coming in and under Schumacher, and I think he'll be one of those. He'll be he'll be desperate for a, for a game on Saturday. I think, um, and and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure. You say you say sometimes you, you doubt whether they'll get a good reception when they come back, but you know with Lyndon Gooch they're going oh, to get it. Yeah. They're definitely going to get a good reception. Yeah. And so he I mean, should, the, you know. I mean, he didn't want to leave. Let's be fair. <laughs> well, arguably, he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been sold. No. no. Right. I mean, I get I get the whole not first choice thing, but especially since the recent injuries at left back for ourselves, we certainly could have used the Gucci. And also, you know, he as as he showed through his through his sort of seasons here, he he never. Wasn't he didn't necessarily always bring the most ability to the team? Uh, not to say he was a bad footballer, but he certainly made the transition from League One to Championship and played various positions in 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 both in both leagues really. And and I'd say yeah. that yeah, he'll be. I mean, he'll be missed. I, I get he, he probably has played more for Stoke than he would have done for us. So I do get from his perspective, you know, maybe yeah. more first team football was what he wanted, especially at this stage. But at the same time, yeah. He clearly still loves the loves the club. I did enjoy even liking tweets about uh, the the Black Cats bar scenario and stuff. That was uh, <laughs> you know shows he's uh, rare. You know at least uh, you know still still thinks about us and whatever. So I mean, you'd like to think he'd uh, put in a subpar performance on purpose on Saturday. To be honest, I know I'd do that if I was uh, if I was a professional footballer and had to play against Sunderland. I'd certainly either yeah. have a mysterious, I'd have a mysterious injury. Or I just deliberately put in like a really bad performance. I'm not one of those people who, because like some people say, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd happily play for, for. I mean, I, I wouldn't play for Newcastle. I'd rather, I'd rather not be. A, if I had to choose between being a professional footballer, um, and ha- having to play for Newcastle or not being a professional footballer at all, I'm, I'd really struggle to play for Newcastle. I have to say, and certainly if I had to play against Sunderland for anyone, I'd struggle. <laughs> um, I think I'd sign, but then I'd retire instantly. Yeah, or yeah, or like Once just do a Jack Rodwell money. and just like just get just be permanently injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the duration of a three-year contract. Yeah. Just yeah, take them for all their worst, and then take them to the, the court of arbitration for sport at the end, just to really drag it all out. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you what are you expecting from from Stoke on Saturday? You um, said probably I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna expect quite a bit quite a bit more intensity um, and. Sort of a bit more. I think they'll be better than Hull. Not necessarily. Mm. I mean, more so because, like I said earlier, Hull Hull weren't great 
themselves last Friday, um, and the game was quite even, and the both teams were quite poor. I think we're going to have to step it up at least a couple of notches because I think Stoke will probably be a bit more intense. Obviously, they've got the new man themselves. They've got players who want to impress. Um, he seems to be quite tactically adept himself as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a case of us. Ha- we're going to have to try and somehow find a bit of intensity because we've really lacked that. I mean, I think we were, you know, in the Ipswich game away, but obviously we were, you away at a team in second place, you wouldn't expect to, to be the ones who had to dictate the game and, and, and you know, be the ones who, who pushed. I think we were okay, you know, as an away team at a good team in that game. But I think most times we've had to, to sort of force the issue. We've struggled. And I think we're going to have to do that on Saturday because um, Stoke will probably try and overwhelm us early. And obviously they know the feeling around the club that they'll be wanting an early goal because that'll really, first of all, um, deflate the, the atmosphere and also obviously fragile confidence among our, our team at the moment as well. I think it's quite obvious that we're struggling for confidence and to go behind early and stuff is, is going to be the, the worst the nightmare scenario, if you like, isn't it? So we're really going to have to try and get ahead. I think if we can get ahead, we've got the quality. Uh, probably, I'd say, more so in some areas than Stoke. Certainly going forward, I think we, you know, we we have to remember we are where we are in the league. And although recent results have been poor, at the same time we have also got good players. Um, yeah. Not everything is bad. It's quite easy to think that everything's bad at the minute, but I think it's it's. We have to remember that the the eleven players on the pitch will have all done good things for us this season already. It's just a case of refinding that and and making sure that we don't succumb to the narrative. The narrative would be Stoke getting an early goal and the toxicity ramping up and all that. And I feel like we need to try and fight that because as much as I don't want Beale to be, you know, the manager of my choice, at the say he is the manager. We're still a club within, you know. A decent within within sort of three points of the playoffs, if you like, we we can't afford to throw away games until on the off chance the manager gets sacked. And I'd never want Sunderland to lose a game anyway. So I think for me, it's we need to win the game. I think yeah. a win would boost confidence. It may, it would also, um, given where we are in January and stuff as well, and poss- the possibility of new new players coming in, it would not, be quite nice to have something on the pitch that maybe would would then be sort of amped up, if you like, with any new signings that may be announced early on next week. And maybe the feeling around the place might change a bit. Who knows? But I think the last thing we want to do is hand the initiative to Stoke. Um, albeit they're a good side. Uh, well, they can be a good side, I'd say. Uh, the, league, the league tail doesn't necessarily suggest they're always good. But yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, but one, I think we can win. If we, if we play to our, the best of our ability, we can do it. My worry is Beal hasn't shown as a manager he's able to get that out of us for 90 minutes. Uh, the first mm. half against Preston would be the closest to what I'd say would be how I'd like us to play. Um, whether we get that is is another thing because obviously I'd say I'd say Stoke are possibly a little bit better than Preston, but yeah, yeah, that that is the concern that that this form is 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 irretrievable. Uh, it feels like I, even on, on on last Friday when when Hull scored like previously, if we conceded a goal to yeah, to, it, to the away side, you'd think we've got a chance of getting back in this. And I just I just kind of sat down. I, was like, I knew 
I knew that we weren't yeah. going to get back in that game. And, 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 and I think that, a few that, a few of the fans around us were the same. And, uh, and that's a vibe thing, isn't it? Because in yeah. all like, practical purposes, we definitely could have got back into the game in terms of how long was left and how the game had gone mm. to that point. But like you say, it just didn't feel like it, did it? Like It, yeah. it felt... And that that and momentum and, and and vibe and feeling all those things that that they're hard to measure, but they're all definitely there in football, and they have a big part to play. Um, both when things are going well and when things are going badly in different ways. And I think we need you need to. The only thing Beal can try and do is he he needs to try and set us set us out to seize the initiative, seize the momentum, and really show that there is more to to him as a manager. Than what was being what has been shown so far, and also in terms of the players to to show that he can get us playing the way that they should be playing. Because the way that we've set up under him and played so far is does not get the best out of them. It's obvious. We can see it. Yeah. Then, Mister, I do really good training sessions, and I've got loads of coaching badges. You'd expect him to be able to see it as well. So far, hasn't been yeah. the case. But yeah, it's it, it and you know it's for me. Like I say, it, I can't say anything else than. Then I want us to, to win the game, and I think there is a chance we can. Um, I'm not as confident as I would normally be, um, given obviously what what we've already discussed. But in terms of prediction, um, I'm going to predict we win two nil. It's more of an expectation. Um, no, that's that's great. You're just you're bringing that the positivity. That, well, no, that but I, I do think I do think, we, I do think we can do it. <laughs> In terms yeah. of like, can can our can our eleven players plus bench beat squads eleven players plus bench two nil? Yes. Um, have we done that to teams similar to them this season? Yes. Have we done it to a team similar to them under McBeal? If you say Preston similar to Stoke, then technically yes. Although, like I said, I think Stoke may be a bit better than Preston. But yeah, I, I think um, I think we 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 just need something from somewhere. So I don't want I don't want to give up the ghost yet because it's too early um, and. It's it's it'd be t- it would be easy just to write it off, but I, I don't want to do that just yet. So I'm gonna probably be shouted at for being too positive, but I'm gonna say that we're gonna win too. Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a a one one draw, um, and I, I am trying I'm trying to be positive. I am quite positive, but and I know a few fans have been I know a few like people on the pod have been reluctant to compare this to 2017. To eighteen season, I'm feeling lots of parallels from my own perspective on on how I feel going into a game. Yeah. I didn't have a season ticket then, but I'd no, I'd I didn't have a season odd, ticket that season either. Actually, I pick up the odd spare or the odd like unwanted ticket, which of which there were many that season. Yeah. I'm not going. At I that. think I only went to like four or five <laughs> games that season. To be honest, because I didn't right. have a season ticket, and it was the year I got married, so I was trying to save money, so I just didn't bother getting one because it was obviously just after the relegation. I was like, and then. I was quite happy I didn't get one. Obviously, the way the season started, and then I certainly wasn't going to get a half to half season card after you know <laughs> Christmas yeah. or whatever. So you know, just yeah. If I was going into going into the game, is either watching the watching the stream or listening to the radio or whatever the legal thing is to do. But <laughs> going when when I'd go to the games, though, I just wouldn't expect anything from it, yeah. and I'd set myself in that fashion so that it's the worst place to be as a fan isn't it because like yeah you think what's the point like the hope there has to be hope but then it's up to us to generate the hope really fans can enhance the the experience and we can you know we can we can be positive and and hope for the best but there has to be something there to to ignite that and it feels like at the minute it's there's not that's (laughs) that's a a lot i was gonna make yeah you know when when they do criticize 
the supporters for maybe being a bit quiet. And I know that is a criticism that goes around quite a lot, especially for Sunderland, that the fans aren't as vociferous. They've got to have something to hang on to. They've got to give them something like, as yeah. you say, a little spark, a little something, a two-foot challenge on on the touchline by <laughs> yeah. by by Trey Hume just gets people started. It does, and and you saw the atmosphere against Newcastle. That was unreal for the yeah. first. It was amazing. Fifteen twenty minutes. It was as vociferous. It sounded like a derby. It, 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 it like, just brought like back so pitch, many it, memories from like I've not yeah. felt anything like that since the last exactly. time we played them. Probably to be fair, yeah. And I, and I think giving us something to, to get excited about would be a start, and that's just a start. That's a starting point for me. And I think a one-one draw, why it's not going to set pulses racing. It's something to work on. It's something. To, it's a, yeah, especially it's a kind if of especially if because it's about the performance as well. Because a team. Because and this is sometimes I think a trap that that people fall into is that like you it's it's you have to take each result in in context um, in the same way that a bad team can can win games um, and they can almost paper over cracks. I think if a performance is good, even if you don't win, that you, you can. You can still, by not being happy, you haven't won the game. You can still be. There are still positives to take from a game potentially. You know, if if players have played well, if chances have been created, and that sort of thing. And we're not seeing any of that at the minute, really. The the, the results we're getting exactly are exactly what we deserve. And it might be nice for us to to maybe try and show a bit more adventurousness and willingness to try and take risks to try and get get a bit more out of a game than what we've been yeah. doing. Um, and like you say that, you know, if we, if we start on the front foot attacking intensity and all that, the crowd, that will get, the crowd will get behind that. It's, yeah, it's just when you're watching really slow, kind of rigid one dimensional play, um, which isn't getting us anywhere. And then the manager's coming out and criticizing you. Then what, what are fans expected to do? Really? It's yeah. Exactly. That's it. In terms of um, in terms of team selection here, would you make any changes? Um, I'd be. I'm just trying to. Well, I mean, to be honest, I. I think Bellingham does need a rest. To be fair, mm. um, it seems like he play. He's playing an inordinate amount of football, given you know how young he is and how much he's played previously. Um, and I, I'm just going to check. The I think you're you're right on Bellingham. He did. I thought he looked very leggy on Friday. Yeah, I th- and, and other than that, I mean, I wouldn't play Seal to right back again. I I, I would be. I mean, I don't think <laughs> I he'll I'd, do this. I'll be. I'll, I'll, I thought I'd, I'd seen the back of them, but apparently yeah. Seal the right back's a thing again. I mean, I I actually think Seal when he looks decent, like not as a right back, but as a defend as a defender, you know, as, as a centre back. I think especially in the game against, I think it was against Leeds under. Under Dodds, I think he had a really, really good game then, and I think that was that was more that was a part of a back three, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Um, yeah, I like I like the look of him. Like and he, he sent half, he glides yeah. with the ball, and, and especially think... given our lack of proper fullbacks at the minute, I think you could you could definitely try a three at the back with wing backs. I think that would help. Um, whether he'll do that, I don't know, but I think Rusin needs a runner game, so I'd start him again definitely. Um, in terms of behind, I think Pritchard has to play. Neil has to play. Clark obviously has to play. Equa hasn't been in great form recently, but at the same time, I don't think there's anyone who can play ahead of him. Um, Matete seems to be on his way out the door, and I'm not sure Matete is and would be any better necessarily than Equa, other than he may have a bit more defensively um, at the same time. 
it seems unlikely. I think it, it would be Neil to sit and Equa to be a bit further forward for me. Um, cause Equa does struggle more defensively than Neil does. And mm. yeah, I think, I think that'll be it. I, it, there's not a lot really. I think needs, it will, it's not so much a personnel thing as a general. While Roberts is injured and stuff, there isn't that much that you can say needs personnel wise to be massively different apart from maybe not playing seal to right back and giving Bellingham a rest. Um, Aushish needs to play again at some point because obviously his last involvement was the Ipswich game and then Beale dug him out. So it might be nice for him to get a bit of a, ch- a shot at redemption, if you like, because I know he's not contributed a massive amount in terms of goals and assists. I think he does look a decent player, albeit one who probably needs to play his way in a bit more. He certainly looks like he has the ability for the level, just maybe not the experience yet. And he's not going to get that by sitting on the bench, is he? Let's be fair. So, um, and more, but more to come on for Pritchard rather than starting ahead of him. Um, yeah, that'll probably be all I'd say on the on the selection, really. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know what what can be done about filling the place that that that's been left by by Roberts. I know there was, I think, there's some stats going around that I think we had naught percent. Of our attacks came from the right side. Yeah. I think um, if anyone has a little bit of an imbalance, yeah. I mean, probably Bar out there over anyone because he has at I times think so too, yeah. shown flashes um, that he can do it. Although he's quite inconsistent, but you know, at least he can play there um, and has played there reasonably well, albeit more more off the bench. I think when he starts there, it doesn't always work because. Obviously, he has started games doing well like earlier in the season against Southampton, but Roberts was playing with him. It wasn't him replacing Roberts. I think, um, yeah, it's it's hard to say, other than we are just missing him, <laughs> to be honest. I think Roberts, uh, albeit he hasn't got a goal or assist this season, but he does add a lot. And certainly, he takes the pressure off Clark because not everything has to go down Clark's side all the time then. Yeah, I think it was against it was against Plymouth where, um, where Roberts went off and Barr came on as a right winger. Yeah. Um. And I, I thought he looked, I thought he looked sharp, and he has shown that, that like early on in the season he had a run on on the wing, like coming yeah. off the bench and play, but but now he seems to be this every I mean, he, man for he, he did well against Ipswich. To be fair, he got the assist for Clark. Yeah. And he, he he occupies defenders because he's tricky and, and quite quick. But I just think that he's he's quite erratic in his play as well, and it, obviously that will come with youth and stuff, but. It's kind of I can oh, see why God. managers don't necessarily trust him all the time because he can mm. make some weird decisions. But like you say, at the same time, when he's on it, he's he is good. I think he just concentration and experience is what's lacking. Yeah, I think what what we've got at the moment is a is a little bit of a vacuum on the right. So I think whoever goes there needs to hold that position, um, not drift inside. And obviously, and... Stoke will know that as well, so they may well try and exploit it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's 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 a concern. I would I would bring by and, yeah. um, but I would I would start I would start with Rusin, and have, I don't know. I think you, you may you may be right in, in dropping Job, and having Pritchard play, in a kind of a, that ten rule, yeah, the furthest the furthest forward of the three midfielders with yeah. with with Equa and Neil, kind of doing the job behind them. So that's a four three three. Um, as opposed to a four-two-three-one. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, that's how you look at it, I suppose. But yeah, when we've got the ball. Something that's that's the tends to work, and it one shape off the ball, another one on it. Yeah, there's a similar issue for me on the on the left side is that with the absence of a left-footed player, 
we find ourselves turning inside and there's no overlap option for, for yeah. Clark. So when Clark does get doubled up on, which has been increasingly the case, um, there would be that out ball for, for Elise who would be That's one thing. But we don't have that. So if we get if we means... do get that Callum Styles deal done, he 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 plays left back quite yeah. Quite well. I mean, yeah. he just just quickly to mention him. Actually, I think he would be a decent signing. He was part of that Millwall side last season that we obviously just pipped to playoffs on the last day. Um, plays two, two, three different <laughs> positions. Um, you know, for his age, he's got a lot of games under his belt. So I'd be quite happy if we got him through the door. To be fair, I think he'd be a useful addition to the squad. Mm. Certainly, but we are lacking left-footed players. Like yeah, that, and he is one of them. And mm. um, a lot of his. By all accounts, I think a lot of his best best work comes as a, as a left back. So you know, it's but he can obviously drop into midfield as well when needed. So he might not be like a headline uh, sort of signing, but I think it's slightly disingenuous to say it's a low. I mean, it was obviously technically a loan from Barnsley, but he was playing in a in a top seven championship team last season in Millwall. Um, obviously, Barnsley own him, but he tends to. I think it's they must be asking too much for teams to buy him. Um, but Millwall owned him last season, seemed to do all right for them, given they finished just behind us. Um, I'd be quite happy to to see him come in. I think it'd be useful. Well, keep an eye, keep an eye on on the on the on the socials for any transfers. Currently, our transfer totalizer is zero out, zero in. Um, there's no imminent chance of that changing. Jack Diamond's um, gone on loan to Carlisle, actually. I would just say is that, that is that being confirmed? Yeah, Carlisle announced it. Yeah. Right. So that's one one out. loan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's see let's see how that how that develops. So I, I'm not expecting. I don't think any of us are expecting anything before Saturday. So so Saturday is the squad that we have right now. Yeah. Um, there'll be a reaction pod on Saturday from from Eleanor or Mick or any one of the the, the many people that we have doing doing podcasts for us. Um but uh, then Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday with with a bit more of a, a sober look at um at the game. Until then, thanks very much for listening. Yeah.